golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love the lane. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with my very special guest this evening, one of the most famous worldwide golf instructors in his based family. right here in Orlando. Golf Digest called him the Renaissance, the golf Renaissance man. Jay Golden. Hey, how are you? I'll tell you, golf is tough, okay? Guy had a ball towards me, yelled zero. I went to a pro. I said, how could I take 10 strokes off my game? He said, skip a part three. I'll tell you, it's not easy, Holly. It's not easy. That's Jay Golden. Hey, how are you? How are you? Love you, Jay. How's everything over at beautiful Winter Park Pines? Good, good. Winter Pines. I mean, I've been giving lessons to Billy Collins, two-time, two-term poet laureate. He's going to be a big tour star. Les Shupak, my mother-in-law. Les! Lori Hayes. shout out to Les. Lori Hayes. I mean, she'll How be... How are you working on his game? Oh, I'll tell you, it's not easy, you know. He's good. He loves golf. He has a good swing. He's a Westchester guy. That's right. Westchester, New York. And the Met Golf sesh- Section. Oh, yeah. He's... Longtime golf writer. He's done it all, and he'll do more. He is the greatest, and Adam Shupak, his son, based here in Orlando as well. We have Excellent so writer. Many, so many great golf journalists Writes golf here. for the New York Times. And, uh, and formerly with Golf Week and now yeah. uh, doing lots of freelance gigs, as many in our industry And do. my other tour hopeful, Jim Achenbach. Achenbach. He, I'll get him on a tour, I'll tell you, now that he's using his hands. He's strong as steel. Oh, my gosh. For the Super Senior Tour? No. The regular hey, tour. Was there a golf tournament this past weekend? I don't know. I didn't win. I only care when I win. The U.S. Open. Brooks? Kepka. You know what I loved about him? When I was at Dyker Beach Golf Course in Brooklyn, New York, and some of the people that were over 40, they would put their right forefinger down the shaft. That's they how called I putt. It, they called it the over 40 finger. You're not over 40. Thank you. They called it the over 40 finger, and that's what he does. I loved seeing it. That's how I putt. And even Seve. Didn't Seve have his, his finger yeah, down there did. a little bit? Yeah. You don't see that much. I didn't think it was possible for somebody to have a pulse lower than Dustin Johnson's. He might. Well, hey, that's okay. You know, everyone is different. Like Fred Couples, he looks like he's calm, calm. And he once made the comment, you should hear what I'm thinking. I might look calm. I'm not calm. But Brooks, on Saturday, or maybe it was Friday night, when asked, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to go home and chill. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, chill? Really? Come on. <laughs> it's the U.S. Open, dude. But he sure looked chill on Sunday. Some people have that personality. You know, some are hyper and win. Some are look chilled and win. You know, 
when people, your friends, people you know, some are fast-moving hyper, others move slowly. You know, that's the way it is. Well, you've been out there. You have carried the bag on the PGA Tour. I'll tell you, I've, I've carried the bag, okay. And, um, you know, so it, it's fascinating to just see how they deal with the pressure so differently in a major, and especially on Sunday, right? I mean, look at look at that leaderboard. What, 16 guys within six shots of the lead when we started? It is, um, you know, it's 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 today's golf. So much parity, so many so many of these guys can, you know, on any day win. I, it seems even in a major. I mean, Brooks had the waste management tournament that he won a couple of years ago out in Phoenix. Uh, he had one. Granted, he 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 played hard knocks, right? Playing some of the mini tours in Europe and playing in Morocco, and you know, but did win the Turkish Open. That's a big one. Uh, yeah. Um, so won I a, won a turkey. I would <laughs> say that he, you know, as definitely is not coming out there uh, as a guy who doesn't have a you know a, a pretty strong um, constitution and, and experience at twenty seven, but uh, to win the Open. That's was he on your goes. short list? Yes, I picked him. I picked him. You know, you never know. You never know who's going to be on. You never know. And, and then you get on a roll, and then you get into the, whatever you call it, zone or whatever. And there definitely are more people who can win today, but in terms of how great they really are. You know, I wrote a little story about this planet uh, in another galaxy where, where the, the people live to be a million years old, they don't eat or sleep. All they do for a million years is play golf. And you know what my saying about those guys are? Those guys are good. The PGA Tour guys, they all have weaknesses. I've been out there. I've watched. And that's because they don't have coaches. You know, they have the teacher that they see once every whatever. They're their own boss. So well, there's room now, at the now, top. Now, there's always room at the top. Jay, now, now they've got, you know, eight, ten people on their team. But they're the boss. They're the CEO, CFO, social director. They're still the boss, the king. What they say is goes, and it's thin ice country club. Well, um, were you surprised at all the big boys getting knocked out early? Rory, DJ, Jason Day. Well, let's just Dustin talk about Rose, Rory for a second. You know, he's on the cover of Golf Digest, showing off of his beautiful muscles and everything. Would he would he do better if he practiced short game for ten hours or lifted weights for ten hours? Maybe you meet more girls when you lift weights, but it's crazy. Uh, I, I don't get it. I, you know, the, the latest you know fashion versus fundamentals. You know, I'll lift weights. I'll do this. I'll get strong. Good. You do that, and you miss greens and don't get it up and down and see what you shoot. And you break ribs. Oh God! And the injuries. Uh, right. I mean, already you know, you'd think you'd take a page from Tiger, because. You know, he's starting to get those, you know, what we call pesky injuries. You get too strong for your, I don't know, is it tendons or whatever, where your muscles are so strong, you, you extend more, you do this, that, and your body can't take it. It used to be, you know, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, hands so strong, forearms like Popeye, hit with those hands and arms, and the body's part of it. But today with the big turn, big muscle swings, you know, I get a 95-year-old student. He said, I want to hit longer. I said, what are you trying to do in your swing? He says, I want to use my big muscles. I said, I don't want to be a wise guy. You have no big muscles. Hit it with your hands. 30 yards in 30 seconds. Hit it with your hands. Good good advice here from Jay Golden. So uh, Hideki Matsuyama, 
the round of Sunday, 66, based right here in Orlando. Um, I thought Hideki would be in the mix. Brian Harmon did not think he would be in the mix. We were not talking about him last week. Or, make that- or Tommy Fleetwood or Xander Shuffley. Shuff- I don't even know how to say his name. But Brian Harmon, he made a little run there. Didn't he hit a, a like a, an iron three feet from the hole? Was it on 15 or 16? Got to birdie within three strokes, and something could have happened. Then on 18, he hits it into a trap. He makes a bogey on a par five, drops from second, uh, from second alone to a tie for second. It's, I don't know. And those fairways were wide, as far as I could see. Very wide. So what are your thoughts about the big wide course of Aaron Hills? What, what did you think about it? You know, a lot, of, um, a lot of commentary going back and forth about that last week, as well as over the weekend. I mean, I think it was a good, it was certainly a good week for the USGA. Fortunately, they didn't get the weather. But I think they were, you know, trying to be conservative. Or the ratings, which I think, brings a lot more people into it. You know, I'm used to seeing a, a U.S. Open where one under wins, two over wins. The 2007 U.S. Open where my son Jeff played in at Oakmont, I caddy from there. He's still not talking to me, but it's getting closer. But you're talking narrow fairways. They're three over one. Cabrera, three over. I mean, that's tough and chopping it out of the rough. And maybe that's not great either because there have been some Great putters who have won. Andy North, two U.S. Opens, three wins totally in his life. I mean, that brings in another element also. But still, I'm not used to the wide fairways, 12 under, 15 under, whatever. You know, I I think um, certainly the the USGA has been um, wrestling with the fact that, you know, how how do you set the course up to accommodate the Bombers? You know, if you want to have them using every club in the bag, you got to have those guys hitting driver, right? So we went to Chambers Bay. We came to Aaron Hills, public venues, public golf courses. They're trying to, you know, I think mix it up a little bit. Um, I fall on the side of bring back the classics, the traditional courses. We're going back there to Shinnecock, which will be very interesting, which they actually compared Aaron Hills to Shinnecock. But some of them are too short now. These great, you know, I'm from New York, these great Westchester courses. It used to be built in, ni- not built in 1910, driver forward, dogleg. Now it's driver flip wedge. You know, in the 1960s on a par five, it would be driver three wood, six iron. Now it's driver six iron. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's just it's a totally totally different game. Which There's maybe no is good or bad, it. I don't know, but it is different, that's for sure. It is. Well, we have a lot of golf to talk about tonight. We're wrapping up the US Open coverage and looking ahead to the Travelers. We've got a lot of golf talk coming up with some of the best reporters in our business. Stay with us. 969 the game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G, along with my special guest tonight, Jay Golden. Special, special. The Golf Renaissance Man. Oh, yeah. Got that right. You have no idea how many fields related to golf I am unemployed in. It's unbelievable what a renaissance this is. So we have a 
great partnership with the Big Summer Golf Card. You know, we've been talking about the last few weeks. And uh, through the month of June, so you've still got some time left, you can pick up your Summer Golf Card for 30 bucks. That's 50% off, Jay. And you get some of the best deals around Orlando in terms of uh, golf at about 100 different courses in Central Florida. So you cannot buy this card. Fantastic. And and they have the big money golf tour. They have all kinds of contests going on. Uh, You can win all kinds of cash and prizes, and it's really a great deal. The Big Summer Golf Card. Check it out, bigsummergolf.com, and pick up yours. They're just launching here in Orlando. They've been on the west coast of Florida for over 20 years. So um, really, really great that now... Central Florida golfers can take advantage of this. The big summer golf card.com. We're going to waste no more time. We're going to go straight to Bob Herrig from ESPN.com to get his thoughts on the U.S. Open. Hey, Bob. Bob, Hello, are you there? Bob? Just because she said waste just before your name. Bob, are you there? Bob is not. I might have to Bob? sing one of my songs. It's all about Bob. We love live radio. Slow down, you swing too fast. Hey. Well, um, I'm not sure Bob picked Brooks Kepke either. Now, I did say last week I thought something unexpected was going to happen with this U.S. Open. I had, I had a premonition. I just, I thought there were too many things going on. Um, Rory coming back from the rib injury. Dustin, you know, a little distracted with the new baby coming into the world. Um, and, hey, Ricky trying to get the job done. Everybody Fowler, was on the you know, Ricky train. Uh, you know, but Ricky Your thoughts Fowler, on he, Ricky. He's been on the tour for, I don't know, seven years now or something like that. And he only has four more wins than me. I mean, to think of him as a great champion. Okay, Kathy Whitworth has 88 wins. I don't think I'll catch that one. But, you know, he has a lot of hype. But four wins in six or seven years is not a real favorite. And has had, you know, let's face it, he's had some trouble closing the deal on Sunday. So let's get the thoughts from Bob Herrick. He's on the line now. Hey, Bob, we're talking about Ricky Fowler and uh, failing to close the deal on Sunday. Yeah, hey, guys. Yeah, I agree. It's um, a little troubling. Um, now, he would have had to shoot a low score, uh, which might be uh, unfair to ask that. But um, the fact that he didn't really make it uh, a game is what kind of bothers you. You know, he, he, rose, he really wasn't a factor over the last couple of holes. And he didn't really make a move on moving day. He did not. And, and that you know, the same thing kind of happened to him at the Masters. He was only one shot out of the lead there uh, going into the final round, shot 76. So <clears throat> here he was uh, two shots back and, and shot 72 on a day where obviously, you know, the winner shot 67. And Ricky, Ricky would have needed to shoot 66. But, you know, if he shoots 69 or 68, maybe he's, he's putting some pressure on and he wasn't able to do it. Bob, uh, Jay Golden here, congratulations on picking the winner, Brooks uh, Kepka. It's one of the great predictions. Uh, <laughs> tell us how you came up with that. <laughs> yeah, Jay, yeah, thanks a lot. I, uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I had him, to be honest with you. What? And, and, and mostly because he's not really done all that much. You know, I know as talented as he is and as is, is well regarded as he is and um, and he had won one tournament, uh, and and he's had good. He's had, now he's, he has been good in the majors. He's had some high finishes in the majors, uh, but but not really. You know, they're contending with four or five holes to go. So um, you know, hey, now that, that's 
we say this, maybe this is the this is the the breakthrough that that leads to a lot more. But I think we've said that about a lot of the guys lately. You know that they're seven straight first time major winners, and um, I think a lot of those guys are ones that we have thought could uh, could add to it. No, no doubt about it. Uh, <clears throat> you know. I did ha- say something last week, Bob. I said I felt something unexpected was going to happen with this year's Open. Uh, I didn't think that Rory and DJ and Justin Rose and Jason Day would all be out of the mix. Uh, but, you know, the way things have been going, it seemed like, you know, perhaps we were, we were going to have an interesting leaderboard as, you know, we have in recent majors. And a lot of names that people didn't recognize, but, boy, a lot of, you know, fresh faces – and you know, great golf swings. And I think this is you know this is the this is the game. This is the era moving forward. A lot of parity. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. There's this is what we have now. Where it's it's. I think it's going to be hard for guys to win multiple majors for guys to dominate. Um, you know, just two years ago, Jordan Spieth won the first two and finished second at the third one and missed the playoff by a shot at, at the He almost the won all four. That was one of the greatest years ever in majors. It it really was, but you know, you just wonder if even something like that can be duplicated. Um you would think that Dustin Johnson would contend in all of these the way he's played. You know, obviously uh Jason Day looked like a world beater two years ago. He's been hurt a lot since. Uh you know, I he's sort of waiting for Rory to get back on track. So what is it um, about their games? Do you just feel that they're inconsistent? Yeah, I think. Well, first of all, I think we got spoiled by Tiger in that regard. It's hard to, it's hard to win these things. Um, they are inconsistent. They have their ups and downs. <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't want to go so far as to say they don't always fight through it, but I, I do think it's easy to, um, to sometimes, you know, just okay, accept the results and move on. Um, uh, you know, Rory and Jason Day and even uh, Dustin, they all, they all seem pretty at peace with missing the cut there. <laughs> um, you know, some guys wouldn't wouldn't take too kindly to that. We know Phil wouldn't. Uh, I, and I'm wondering, you know, uh, what, what Phil was thinking. I, I don't think he was conflicted about his choice, but it certainly seemed like it could have been his open. Well, the way it turned out... Uh, a course with really wide fairways would have been great for him, you know, and soft greens and a great, great short game. Um, I think we're all sitting there wondering now how it might have gone for him. He had just played pretty well the week before, you know, and uh, it's, uh, it is, it's a shame that he wasn't, that he wasn't able to, to, to make that work out because I think, uh, you know, it was sort of a U.S. open venue that suited him, you know, the, the tight uh, fairways and, uh, you know, brutal, rough round greens where it takes away his chipping advantage um, are, are really not his style. Uh, so <clears throat> this would have been interesting if he could have been there, obviously, for, you know, for reasons that we know that are understandable. He wasn't. Well, you've got a story on ESPN.com about the breaking news, of course, that Phil and his longtime caddy, Jim McKay, are splitting after 25 years. Uh, it's a long run uh, between uh, between Bones and Phil, and um, you know they've talked about some of of uh, Jim's injuries. W- what do you make of this? Do you think it's just the time has come? Is it you know, and any and is there anything to make of it other than 
uh, you know, is Phil is Phil looking at the next five years thinking, hey, I need to maybe I need to mix it up and get something fresh here. Give us some dirt, even if you have to make it up. Yeah. You know, I, I, if there's really anything to it, I don't know if we're ever going to know. Um, but but I also think this is more bones than Phil. Um, you know, I, I think it I think Phil's probably OK with it. Um, he understands it. I think it's more, you know, long time for Bones. I'm not sure Bones is looking to go to Caddy for somebody else right away. Um, I just think that um, uh, it, it is surprising that as long as they've been together and the fact that there's been no issues to this point, um, I think kind of is what makes you wonder how it would have ended now. I mean, you know, Phil's 47. Uh, how much longer is he going to keep going? Uh, you know, if anything, he might have gotten into a mode where he would have been a, uh, you know, sort of a, a ceremonial player and maybe play a few Champions Tour events, and that would have been great for for uh, for Bones. Uh, so the fact that they're that they're parting ways, I think, is, is surprising. Um, uh, and maybe it's just that they wanted to make sure they did stay on good terms. You know, uh, uh, it's you have to believe that over the years there were a few tense moments where where maybe each other didn't want to see one another for a while and they've managed to make it through all of this so um it is remarkable yeah it's just too bad you know i think it would have been neat to see it keep going and um but um but he's keeping uh, it in the family his his brother is is picking up the bag right yeah see that's another reason why i think this is um this was something that wasn't really maybe at the front of Phil's mind because if he was going to do something like this, he probably had, would have had somebody else lined you know, up ready to go. And, and, you know, his brother has a job, full-time job as an agent. Um, uh, and uh, this is, you know, this has to be sort of a temporary thing. Uh, so, um, you know, I, uh, he's, and, you know, he's going to have to find somebody else. You know, going into next year, probably. You know, he's not. I don't think he can rely on his brother, who's got. You know, he's John Rom's agent, and probably has a few others that they're working on, and that's that's probably not a long-term solution. So, uh, that again, that's why I think it's all very interesting. Is it true that Bones went to Phil's daughter's graduation and booed her speech? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Now he was still he was still doing the job. He was out there hoping that he might get that last minute uh, you know, rain delay. Good good for bones, you know, doing it right down to the end. I, I did pick up an interesting piece of trivia, Bob. Uh you know how Bones got his nickname or from whom? I do. I do know that story. Do you want me to, yeah. to um spill the beans? Or? Yeah. Well, it, it was actually Fred Couples. Right. And, and um, you know, Bones has told this story a few times, but it, it was all the way back in 1990. It was before he was even working for Phil. At the time, he was caddying for Larry Mize. Apparently, there was a group of players and caddies at some tournament, and they were all out to dinner somewhere. And he, it, he um, Bones said that, Fred was trying to get his attention, and and he, he didn't know his name, and he was kept yelling at him and yelling at him, and finally he just said, "Hey, Bones!" Like referring to the fact that the guy was 
skin and bone. You know, very <laughs> tall and thin and skinny. And knobby knees. And and it's stuck. It's stuck that <laughs> week, and it's stuck that year, and then it's just stuck forever. So, uh, uh, you know. Leave it to Freddie. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and because he didn't know his name, which is, is perfectly within character. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. All right, Bob, well, we'll let you go. Um, you know, great coverage. Uh, glad uh, glad to have you on. And uh, who's your pick for the Travelers? Uh, I'm going with Rory. I figure he's got a little... Uh, Chip on his he, shoulder? He, absolutely, especially after the whole Elkington thing and just missing the cut and wanting to, you know, wanting to prove everybody wrong. All right. Well, it's a, it's a great tournament up there in uh, Cromwell, Connecticut, where hopefully the weather will be a little cooler than it is down here. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Check out all of his great stories. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. See you later. You listen to 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. If we could just make We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with my special guest, Jay Golden, the one, the only, Buenos golf dia. instructor extraordinaire, and um, the big summer golf card, we've been talking about it, it's here in Orlando, and right now, through the end of June, for 30 bucks, that's half price, you can get your big summer golf card, and it goes longer than the summer. You can play through October, and some of the courses you can play clear through December. The Big Summer Golf Card offers you the best deals in town on some of the best courses. We're talking Disney, Orange County National, uh, all the ones you would expect to be there. Go check it out, bigsummergolf.com. And we're going to give one away free to caller number Three. And it is exciting, this card. And I say that because Holly is talking with her hands. 407. She, she's excited. 916-8255-407-916-8255-407-916-8255. Get your big summer golf card right now. And we're going to go to one of... Our favorites for the Golf Insiders, now writing for the Golf Insiders blog. Please check it out at the Golf Insiders. We've got some of the best writers in the business doing our blog, and he was working his tail off last week. Never heard him quite so animated. Uh, I think maybe he had had some bratwurst-flavored custard uh, last week at the U.S. Open. But once again, we've got Gary Van Sickle on the line. Hey, Gary. Well, I get excited when I go to Milwaukee because you have to go to Cops Frozen Custard and get a strawberry shake. Oh, and boy. I did several times. It's mm. awesome. Yes. And um, I don't know. You think Brooks Kepka went there and had himself a big strawberry shake after the big win on Sunday? Uh, he probably didn't have the inside information that only a former longtime Milwaukee resident would have. So probably not. But there was one in Brookfield, which is right your way back toward the airport on Blue Mountain Road. So he could have, but I, I kind of doubt it. Who's the best pitcher in the history of the Milwaukee Braves? 
The Milwaukee Braves, well, it's got to be uh, Warren Spahn. Right. Ooh, there we go. Who also pitched for the New York Mets, but you didn't know that. I think I forgot that. Oh, okay. Lou Burdett, Lou Burdett was pretty good too. Oh yeah, they had a lot of guys. Oh, they yeah. had a lot of, you know, they had some guys who were. Uh, Mac Jones had a, was an outfielder. He had a couple phenomenal years, but he was overshadowed by a couple of guys named Aaron and Matthews and Adcock and Crandall. Oh yeah, pretty good teams. Oh yeah. So they Gary, the Yankees. That was it's one of the great World Series of all times, where the nobodies from Milwaukee beat the great. Bronx Bombers, one of the great upsets in baseball history. It was luck. There is no team that could beat the New York Yankees. Coso well, the reported. Pirates beat them, too, so Yankees kind of, you know. All right, I think our golf show has been totally uh, totally uh, hijacked, hijacked here. Hijacked by the Yankees. <laughs> hijacked by the Yankees, but that's okay because I'm a New Yorker. So, Gary, I want to know, on Sunday, looking at that leaderboard, were you were you picking Brooks Kepka? Who 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 were you thinking was going to be hoisting no, the trophy? I, you know, it was funny because I always say the at a U.S. Open, the lower the score, the better the winner. And looking at that leaderboard, the lower the scores were low, and it was you know a collection of guys from column B that you really didn't think um, were U.S. Open champion material. And Kepka is one of those young guys you don't really know what he's capable of. But most of the other guys, you know, Brian Harmon, we pretty much know what he's capable of. And none of those guys really look like an odds-on favorite. You know, I, I still thought, you know, Ricky Fowler had a good first run, but Friday and Saturday he didn't play all that good. So I kind of didn't think he was going to come back either. I I, there were, I didn't know who to pick. You know, I, there was nobody left there that you're going, well, he's the guy to beat because they all either were inexperienced or hadn't done it or – Hadn't played that great. So, uh, yeah, Kepka looks simple now. He got hot at the right time and blew everybody away. At least everybody else left, went home going, I didn't lose the Open. Brooks Kepka just buried us all. Yeah, so, and that's, that's... I think that made a lot of guys feel better. You know, Justin Thomas looked like a world beater, and then he couldn't couldn't get it done yeah, Sunday. Six, but how about, said, how about you know, yeah, I, 63, right, for, for yeah. the scoring record. And he doesn't end up, you know leading the tournament <laughs> yep. 63 well, you know, you, that's right and you know the conditions changed you had three days where it was a little breezy at times not that much the greens were soft you come to sunday the greens are still soft but the wind was up 15 to 25 miles an hour you know in the morning in the mid the afternoon then it kind of died a little bit but it was a completely different golf course sunday was the way given that you're going to have soft green, Sunday was the way you wanted to play. It was a challenge on Sunday until the wind faded middle of the afternoon. Well, so, uh, you know, I think that, I think that's, I think that showed you that Aaron Hills was in fact a U.S. open quality venue because you saw it on Sunday when there was some wind and you realized, you know, you might have to have some fairways wide enough. Milwaukee is usually pretty windy and it gets windy. And all of a sudden that deep stuff was in play. And you need to give these guys room. And the problem was it really wasn't windy the first three days, and it was soft. Why were the so, greens I that mean, soft? You, know, you, can't control the, you can't control the weather. But Why were the greens that soft? Did it rain a lot? Did they water them a lot? Yeah, I had an inch and a half of rain Monday night. It rained uh, quite a bit Wednesday night. You uh-huh. had more rain Friday night, more rain Saturday night. I oh, mean, boy. There was, no way to, there was no way. There was nothing to be done. And you give these guys soft greens, it doesn't matter. You could put the pins in the bunkers, and they're going to shoot low. So... You were you were behind the eight ball. You couldn't fix that, and uh, only and, Wim could have saved the day. And it did on Sunday, but 
That was the only day. And let's face it, the USGA was uh, taking their risk management very low. Yes. Well, exactly. This was the year they needed to have a U.S. Open without incidents, without rulings, without controversy, without anything. And if that means scoring lower, uh, so be it. And, I, you know, they got what they needed. Nothing, nothing, there was no big big other story. So I, I think they had to be happy. You know, it's a great venue as far as they got room to put as many luxury suites as, in as they want and make all kinds of money. And they've got parking. Did you hear anybody complaining about traffic? All these little country roads that have people in there. You know, nothing really went wrong that was important other than some people didn't like low scores in the U.S. Open. And what about and, the uh, uh, the poor ratings and uh, the the Big names missing the cut. Yeah, well, if the course was so easy, why did the best players in the world miss the cut? Anybody got an answer for that? My point exactly. Yeah, yes, but no, I don't want to tell you. so easy. Dustin Johnson missed I mean, if it's so easy, why are the three of the four? How do they miss the cut if it's so easy? So, uh, yeah, look, golf doesn't have very many marketable commodities right now. You can say, but, you, you know, everybody likes – Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth and Jason Day and Rory, but they don't command audiences the way Tiger or Phil did. And now when you throw those four guys out, why would you get an audience with Brian Harmon and Justin Thomas and Tommy Fleetwood? Nobody in America even knows who he is. He looks like looks a like guy he should be in a caddy yard. You know, <laughs> he's awesome. But looks, looks like he Americans should be serving nobody... black and tans at a British pub. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't. He doesn't. He had no. No identifiable. Look, you you can't control your TV ratings because you can't control who's going to be in contention. And that's, you know, the best player best player this week won. Not always the guy you want. You know, Scott Mc, uh, Sean McKeel won the PGA Championship one year, and people barely knew who he was. He and he and Chad Campbell, I've always wanted to do this story, in fact, at Oak Hill. That was when the rough was eight inches deep. And I was there. And all ability. They, they were paired together all weekend. They had one of the great 36-hole weekend duels in major championship history. Did anybody notice? No, because nobody cared about either one of them. Nonetheless, somebody should go back and chronicle what a duel that was. And I, I mean to do that, and I, it's been, what, 10 years, 15 years? I still haven't done it. But Do you think Bruce Koepka uh, wins you like, if you don't like, if, if you have to be invested in a, in a character, if you, if you like golf, you like to watch good golf. If you just like a couple of names, then you probably don't really like golf. You think Brooks Kepka wins another tournament this year? Uh, he could. I mean, I, I you know the question with Brooks Kepka is if he's so these guys on TV are like, oh, the floodgates going to open. I'd like to know anytime anybody ever won a tournament and the floodgates open afterwards. It never. <laughs> but this guy's twenty. Look, he's got everything. If he's here's the thing: when he plays his best golf, he looks like he could be number one in the world, didn't he? But he doesn't play like that all the time. Otherwise, he would be there. So, I, you know, he could win another one. Absolutely. He looks like he should. But, uh, you know, I don't know what his deal is and why he hasn't done better. I mean, he not only he only won Phoenix, and he hasn't really been in contention all that often for being a guy who's got the whole skill set. So you would have to say you would expect him to win again, win twice in a year, but I don't know. I don't know. He's like Dustin Johnson. You just don't know how interested he is in golf and how interested he is, is sitting on his boat and he's sitting by the lake and 
hanging out with girls. I mean, who knows? Well, at least Brad Faxon got the name of his girlfriend right. Joe Buck didn't, but uh, we won't even get into that part. Well, of- why is you know here's why is Joe Buck? I mean, they brought Brad Faxon into. Oi, 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 Fox. And so why is Joe why is Joe Buck even in the tower anymore? Ah, oh, I that's his the million that's replaced. a million dollar question. You know, come on. Yeah. His, he's, his job has been replaced by Brad Faxon. You know, when you're a baseball announcer, you're forced to be kind of the commentator and the color guy and tell stories. And he's on there, and he's not the commentator because he's like in no man's land there. It's really awkward in there. Uh, there's, and other that, than, you know, I, I didn't get to hear a lot of it. I read some reviews. I mean, Azinger is always tremendous. But every time I heard Joe Buck, he just seemed like a fish out of water talking about the stuff he's the notes he's reading off his, you know, from his researchers. So I, it's I, our I it's our national championship, you know. Would they bring the C team in to broadcast the oh, Super Bowl? No, and uh, shame on the USGA for making well, the that is he's, business. He's their A team, you know. Joe Buck is their A team. They thought, not in golf. He is he has made major blunders at every one that I can think of. You know, going back to Chambers Bay when Dustin Johnson's in the twelfth hole, he's got a two shot lead. They go to commercial break, and Joe Buck says. Dustin Johnson's got a stranglehold on this tournament, a two-shot lead with seven to play. <laughs> Greg Norman sitting right next to him would have been a good time for Greg Norman to say, well, let me just tell you from experience, two <laughs> shots isn't really that much. But Greg didn't say anything to help him out either. Oh, and the women's open later that year at Lancaster, he said the same thing. N.G. Chun had a two-shot lead with like five to play, <laughs> and he's handed her the title. Somebody needs to tell him that two shots isn't anything in golf. You can lose it in one hole. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he hasn't figured that out yet. And we've got, what, seven more years? But, hey, uh, they'll figure it well, out. I don't know. Is there, hey, there's a rumor that Fox has an opt-out clause after five years. And they are losing their shirts on this deal from what I've heard. So, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. I think it is, but I, I can't verify it. But I, I wouldn't be shocked. They lose so much money after five years, they might just cut their losses and get out. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, Gary Van Sickle, as always, thank you. We appreciate your time. Check him out on the Morning Read, morningread.com. Great new e-zine you can get every morning in your mailbox. Check him out on the Golf Insiders. And where else, Gary? You're writing everywhere. Yeah, occasionally the grain.com, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, and if you, you can find me on Twitter at GaryVanCircle at Twitter.co. All right. Good One Jones. of our best. Thank you, Gary. You're listening to you the Golf it. Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really naturally. We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Howie G and my special guest, Jay Golden from Buenos Dias. Winter Park Good Village. Just got back from Costa Rica. That's why I'm speaking such fluent Spanish. And why you are so, so deeply tan. <laughs> Looking like the mysterious man. I got the glow from the volcano. Everybody's been on vacation. Will's on vacation. I got to go drink some umbrella drinks. Um, (laughs) Get the heck out of town. We're going to waste no more time because uh, this is one of, 
This is one of our favorite, favorite people in the golf world. He has been covering golf for uh, longer than I'm going to say. He'll he'll tell you how long. But Steve Trivet has uh, covered golf for the Rocky Mountain News out in beautiful, beautiful Colorado, uh, as well as currently covers for the Village's Sun. No place better than the Village's. And we waste no more time. Steve Trivet, welcome to the Golf Insiders. Hello, boys and girls. I have one of those little cocktails with an umbrella on it sitting in front of me right now. Oh, I bet you do because we know no it's happy hour up at the Villages. Uh, it's always happy hour at the Villages. <laughs> oh, well, Steve, you're, um, let's first start with just your overall thoughts on this year's Open. I know you've covered many and uh, you've also given us some great coverage this past week on the Golf Insiders blog, which we appreciate very much. Well, you and Jay have both been right. Bob is right, and as he will always tell you, Gary was right. <laughs> uh, they uh, they just made it too hard. What happened is very, very simple. The PGA Tour has a motto that says these guys are great, or these guys are good. Yeah. That's their motto. These guys are good because they're not great, right. and that's what happened. That's the way the golf world is right now. There's a lot of good players there are no great players. Right. And take it from a guy who covered the great players. Because in my first golf tournament, I saw Arnold Palmer win the 1963 Pensacola Open. That's how long this boy's been around. That's players today, The players today do not have, I don't know if it's the moxie, the nerve, the grit, the whatever, that the players... And I'm going to talk about the great players. We can go back, you know, and pick up Hogan, Sneed, Nicholas Palmer, Trevino, Watson, you know, player, Casper, that ilk. You didn't go seven years when those guys were playing without one of them winning a major championship. You know, this thing with we've got seven in a row, first-time winners, that's because there's nobody out there in charge. There's nobody that can take control. Phil wasn't there. Tiger wasn't there. Those are the last two great players the tour scene. Now, these guys are good, and they may become great, but they're not great right now. And it's not, you know, say, well, seven in a row, that's fine. If it were seven young kids in a row, that might be something. But only three of those seven are under the age of 30. The other four were over, and one of them was 40. There are some people. The young guns. There are some people that would uh, argue with you or make the point that if there were that there are many more good players today, that the field is a lot deeper, that there are a lot more people taking up golf early, shooting low scores, talented. But are you saying that with today's equipment, if if they were playing right now, Hogan and Snead and Palmer and Player, etc., that if they were on the tour right now with the modern equipment? that they would be way up there on the top. Oh, I, I beyond a shadow of doubt, but remember I'm an old guy. And you're right, there are the fields are deeper now than they were then. But the best then are better than the best now. It's what I'm saying as far as winning major championships. Because they knew how to win major championships. You know, everybody everybody's gone gaga over Roy and in many ways rightfully so. He is the only guy under the age of 30 who has four major championships. But let me run this number by you. I just did a little look-up stat. He won the 2011 
U.S. Open at Congressional, blew the field away, set the record, 17 under par. Since that U.S. Open, in U.S. Open play, he has missed a cut, tied for 41st, tied for 23rd, tied for 9th, missed a cut, and missed a cut. Well, you didn't see things like that from Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, Gary Player, Billy Casper. Over those, what, seven years? Well, how do you throw Tiger in the mix then? You know, he I had a grand slam, but that was at Denny's. But he won four majors in a row. He, he, he was in contention. How do you throw him in the mix compared to those old-timer greats? For a, a decade, a decade, Tiger Woods was the best player the game had ever seen. Amen. Ever. Ever. Better than Jack. Better than anybody for a decade. We know what's happened since since that decade ended in 2008. But there's a prime example. You know, Tiger didn't go like that. Tiger and Phil are the two two best players of the century that starts with a two. You know, the first century that starts with a two. Give me somebody else in there that's great. There isn't one. Yeah, there may be more good ones, but there's a lot less great ones. And that's and God bless Brooks Kepka. Kid evidently does this, you know, he 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 took the long road there. When he didn't go through didn't make it through Q school right out of Florida State, he didn't hang around and play many tours and beg for sponsor exemption. He took off and went to the other side of the world and played golf yep. tournaments in places people have never heard of. Yeah, he really did it. he really he really did it the old school way, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. He learned it out of the dirt. And uh is, could it be a, a starter? I guess it could. But could it be? Could he be the next? You know, one hit wonder. Yeah, that could happen too. You, know, I just don't see anyone right now with wearing, ready to put on that mantle of greatness and wear it comfortably. Well, I think Steve, uh, we've we've got to wrap it up. But uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, in sports, we, we want that superstar, um, you know, because that's what bring, brings in the fringe fans. We know it's good mm-hmm. for the game, and we know that's what boosts ratings. So, um, you know. Golf it, has always been star-driven, always will be star-driven, and if you don't have a star, you're going to have ratings for a U.S. Open like you had this year. Absolutely. Well, um, we're we're hoping. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Brooks and uh, his buddy DJ will uh, become the next uh, twosome to really create a rivalry. It'll it'll certainly be. Uh, we won't be able to tell either one of their pulses. That's for sure. <laughs> From your mouth, the gods here. All right, Steve Trivet. Thank you so much. Check him out on the GolfInsidersBlog dot com and. Jay Golden, you can go check him out at Winter Park Pines, one of the best teachers in our business. Thanks, my friend, for spending some time tonight. Thanks for inviting me. The Golf Insiders, we're out of here. We love you. Bye-bye.